want to preach this message called pulling down. It's time to start pulling some things down. Our text is in 2 Samuel chapter 5. Begin reading in verse 1. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. Also in time fast past, when, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore all the elders of Israel, those are the southern kingdoms, came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over all Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here. But even the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking, David can't come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Now David said on that day, whoever climbs up by the way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites... The lame and the blind who are hated by David's soul. He called them the lame and the blind. He shall be chief and captain. Therefore, they say, the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. Then David dwelt in the stronghold and called it the city of David. Don't miss that. He dwelt in the stronghold, called it the city of David. And David built all around from the Milo and inward. So David went on and became great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. Pulling down, you know I have to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. I guess carnal is not mighty. In God... For what? Pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Are you ready for the word? Number one. You need to understand that some things take time. David was anointed king. He was anointed three times. And I believe God anoints us different times in our lives as we go to different levels. There is an anointing, your first anointing, that abides with you forever. But there are subsequent anointings you receive as you go to new ground New devils, new, new levels, new devils. And you need a different anointing. An anointing is what sets you apart to do what God calls you to do. Amen. Amen. 
So David had three anointings. The first one, when he was just a shepherd, right? Just a teenager, and God anointed him and said, you're the next king. And I know David, like some of us, are thinking, all right, tomorrow I'll be on the throne. No, some things, you have to fight some battles. You gotta, you gotta have some experience. You gotta, you gotta build your faith. And the only way to build faith, you know, they, if you work out in the gym, you, you, you increase muscle through resistance. So why does the Lord let the resistance? So you can build muscle. So you can take on bigger devils. I mean, think about it. David killed a lion. His reward for that was to kill a bear. (laughs) His reward for that was to kill a giant. (laughs) His reward for that was to take on Saul's army. The reward for that was to take on the Jebusites. So just because you get through something and you're blessed, don't just be... Doing Holy Ghost helicopters. I mean, that's okay, but realize the next thing is next. And promotion, amen, comes with it, amen. Oh, some things take time. So he's in the desert for years. Saul's trying to kill him. And finally, he's, he's anointed king over just the tribe of Judah, right? And he's there for, whatever it said, seven years. And then, and then finally, all the tribes, the other 11 tribes, uh, take him in, and he's anointed king over everything, but he needs his capital city. Sometimes the most important thing, the central thing in your life, may be one of the last things you conquer. Because you're coming from the outside in. I'm not here to discourage you, but your biggest battles are still ahead. Oh, God. <laughs> but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I am a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Woo! You heard the story of what more than a conqueror means, right? Right? Prize fighter goes, he trains, he works out for years, gets in there, knocks the guy out, and, he, and he, they're going to give him a check for $5 million. They write the check out, and they hand it to his wife. She's more than a conqueror. Because she didn't work out. She didn't, <laughs> come on now. She didn't fight the guy, but she's got the check. I'm here to tell you, the battle's already won. Jesus fought the battle. All you got to do is take the check. Somebody help me. Oh, hallelujah. So some things take time. Number two, sometimes you got to understand you're shut out of things. And it takes time to get, you know, David knew that was his capital. He knew Jerusalem, which was the highest city, needed to be the capital. And the Jebusites were there, and they were walled in, and he was walled out. And sometimes you're just shut out. Now, I want you to understand something about the Jebusites. It's not necessarily that they were so strong. 
but that they were in a strong position. And you need to understand what you're facing in life is in itself not that big a deal. It's just in a fortified place. Either the enemy's found a way to fortify it, or it's in your own mind and it's been fortified. Some of us quit blaming the devil. You're the problem. But you need to understand something else. Whatever opposes you is afraid of you and is probably underestimating you. Glory. There was that, they were like, you know, we can put blind people and lame people on the walls and they couldn't get in here. But David understood how to get to where he needed to get. You need to understand that if if the battle's in your own mind, you need to understand somebody's living in your house. Somebody's living in your head. And you're paying the rent. And sometimes you got to get those things out of your head, out of your space, out of your home, out of your family, out of your church, whatever it might be. The enemy is not allowed to live in a space God gave us. Let's even talk about your extended family. If you're saved, how many times in the Bible does somebody get saved and their whole household gets saved? God wants whole households saved and your extended family as well. Amen. Thirdly, you need to understand that what's ahead of you is very valuable. It's worth the battle. Don't be afraid of the fight. I've said some things that really would cause some of you to say, I'm going home. Because if I win this battle, I only got to fight another one. Duh. When you quit fighting, that's called dying. So considering the options, (laughs) fight on. Fight on. And if he's greater, and 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 he's never going to put more on you than you can take. Anybody ever quote that, baby? That ought to be right on the refrigerator. Biggest scripture on your refrigerator. He never is going to put more on me than I can take. I've stood on that scripture. When I really thought I wasn't going to make it, I stood on that word alone. And you know what? I'm still standing. So it's, it's worth it. It's worth the battle. I mean, this was almost an impossible task for David, but he knew the value of that city. The Jebusites, they called it Jebu, and that was their city. But David said, no, they just think it's their city. It's mine. I said, it's mine. It's kind of the same thing that's going on in Israel today. Well, let's not go there. It's surprising to me how many people just don't know their history. Because David was king of Jerusalem and, and that whole area much bigger than Israel is now in 900 B.C. So don't tell me the Jews, that's not their land. And Joshua was way before that. 
So when Jesus came, they already had it 1,500 years. And they had it all. He said, where did the word Palestine come? It's called Palestine. You know who did that? A Roman emperor did that after the time of Jesus. And he named it Philistia just to spite the Jews. So whatever the name, it doesn't matter. That land belongs to God's people. Amen. Next point is this. That's why there's a stronghold that has to be pulled down. Notice, notice Joshua. Joshua never used... Remember the angel came to him and he started to draw the sword? And then he put it back because the angel was not his enemy. He was for him. And you know what? I thought about this the other day. Joshua never drew that sword again on Jericho. He didn't need a sword. He just needed a shout. <laughs> Marched around the city seven times. Don't you know there was at least one guy who said, this is stupid. <laughs> and then after the wall came down, that same guy said, I knew it would happen. I told you that. Yeah, I've been pastoring too long. I know. It's a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. But yet we get all of our physical physiology involved in all this when it's really a spiritual battle. Even when people come against you, it's not the people. you got to look beyond the people, and that's the only way you'll win that victory. Because as long as you hate on them and fight them physically or emotionally, however you got to do it, you need to quit that because that weapon isn't going to work. Put your sword back in your sheath and trust in the Lord. Understand there is a battle, but it's in the spirit realm. The enemy's using them to get to you. So fight the devil and once you defeat the devil and pull that stronghold down, you'll gain a friend. But if you fight the person, even if you win, you lose the friend. Oh, that's too deep. That's too deep. That, that's, bring the ushers back. You're going to have to pay for that. <laughs> Come on now. People are not strongholds. Strongholds are spiritual places. But we have to get it in our heads. I don't believe the lie of the devil. I'll not have it. I'm going to take my Jerusalem, whatever the cost. You need to understand how this works. We preached on this recently. How the, there, it's a, there are books out on this now about how the brain works. Scientists are discovering so many things that are already in the Bible. <laughs> and they're, they're looking at how the mind works. And, and the, mind, the mind likes to actually build strongholds. They're called habits or whatever you want to call them. But your, your brain likes to have kind of a regular pattern of things. And your brain will build around that. And then when something new happens, and it likes to just camp out around that because it's comfortable. But then you go and get saved, or you go a little higher in God, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden there's a new little spark in your brain, and the old brain goes, huh, 
who's this upstart? I've spent 20 years over here. And now this little beep. I'll, I'll just ignore that. It's a lot easier to stay in your stronghold. And the brain likes to build, actually will build protection around that to keep it that way. I think they say it takes six weeks to develop a new habit. That's because of the brain. So that little, that little new spark, that new thing in your life, that, that place of victory that you're believing for, it's just a, a little spark, and, and your old brain just kind of resists it, doesn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> but that's why the Bible says, Paul says, think on these things. They're not the things you usually think about, so your brain will resist it, and you, so then you have to actively pull down some of those defenses, and you have to physically, emotionally, you have to deliberately think on these things, and as you do, the old stronghold goes, I'm shrinking, and the new stronghold goes, yeah. Ah, I'm getting stronger. Amen. And you'll spend more and more time in that new stronghold. And it's a God stronghold as you pull down all these other things. Come on, give me, give me a shout, amen. Philippians 4, it's worth repeating this so that you'll get it again, put it on your refrigerator. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, you can't figure it out, will guard your heart and mind. Stronghold. Stronghold, a godly stronghold through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren. By the way, what does a preacher mean when he says finally? What does Paul mean? Nothing. Doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> He'll say that and write two more chapters. You know. Finally, brethren, whatever things are, say with me, true. Whatever things are. Whatever things are, whatever things are, whatever things are, whatever things are of, if there is any, and if there is anything, meditate. Don't just read it. Meditate it. You don't need a mantra. You need those words. Meditate on these words. Find things that are lovely. Find things that are good. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do them. And the God of peace will be with you. Wow. It's time to pull some things. I like, I almost said finally. I like... I like this situation because David, when he got the city back, he renamed it. He said, we're not going to call it Jebu. We're going to call it Jerusalem, city of peace. Yeah. It hadn't been very peaceful lately. It hadn't been peaceful in thousands of years, but we're, it's going to be someday. It's going to be the center of it all. How many want to see King David in heaven? Oh, that's cool.
So he renamed it Jerusalem. Reminds me of Abraham and Sarah. How many times have I preached about those two? Their name was, their name was Abram and Sarai. And in Hebrew, there are no vowels. So what, what's really happening with those two words is he's only adding one letter. Abraham and Sarah. He adds a H, an H. How do you pronounce H? In other words, he breathed on him. He breathed on Abram, changed his name. Breathed on Sarai, changed her name. And changed everything about her. Because after that, she becomes pregnant. She's, what, 90 years old? Not only that, but after that, they go into the, what are the, one of those Egyptian kings, and he's lusting after her? He didn't just change her name. I believe he changed the way she stood. I believe he changed the way she walked. I believe he put some supernatural cold cream on her. Got rid of all those wrinkles. Amen. Come on now. I mean, she's getting pregnant at 90. Watch how David, he doesn't just come against the walls. Watch, watch what he does. He, he sneaks up through the water passages. Now, the history on this is, very, is really interesting. Jerusalem is on, on a mountaintop, basically. Not, not a mountain, but a really high place. Uh, when you drive there, you, you know it. For, you go for miles, you're going up, 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 until you finally get to Jerusalem, and you're on the, you're on the highest space. But so, so naturally, there's no water in Jerusalem. So how do you get water to Jerusalem? And what the Jebusites did, now, now understand, this is like, what, 3,000 years ago. They dug these huge tunnel shafts. This is where the Palestinians get this. <laughs> what, you don't watch the news? What? So, so they, 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 they dug down, um, uh, down deep and then over to where there was water running off of other places, and they, they were able to draw that water up to a place where they could go down and, and pull the water up and that kind of thing. So they had these water shafts. I always thought the Jews built those, but the Jebusites built those. They're, they're there today. They still exist. Those shafts are 3,000 years old. The Philistines, the, the, uh, they're probably using them <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, but they're still there. And David said, you know what? We'll come in under, and we'll go up through these water shafts, and they pop up into the city behind the walls, and they took the city. In other words, wow, David used what the enemy built to defeat the enemy trying to kill him. Whew. You need to stop fearing what the devil is doing, because God can use what he's doing the very thing he's throwing against you becomes the stepping stone to get you to where you want to go. Take that, devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, church. Whatever the devil's doing, God allows it because he knows he can use it to further you in your journey.
So I know, I know the title of this message is Pulling Down, but he didn't pull down, he came up. But David is a type, wow. By the way, David did that before. Remember he took Goliath's sword and cut off his head with his own sword? I love it when that happens. Wow. So he went under and came up and took the city. That's not the way we do it. The Bible says we pull down. What, what, so what's going on here? Remember, David is a type of Jesus. Jesus defeated the enemy, not by conquering Rome, pulling down Rome. He conquered the enemy by going down to the grave. The devil danced around, I got him, I got him, I got him. He thought he had him. Oh, the lame and the blind can't even come up here. You know, if we were lame and blind, we could, look, look, we defeated you. We killed Jesus. But Jesus knew the tunnel system. Yeah, there's, there's a tunnel system down there. So when he went down to the grave, the Bible said he went all the way down to the grave. But he came back up and snatched the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Woo! And gave us the city. So we're already in a stronghold. Wow. We just need to always pull down anything else that gets in our way. We don't need to go under. We can pull down because of Jesus. Deuteronomy 6, verse 10 and 11 still applies today. So it shall be. When the Lord your God brings you into your promise of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Big deal. Houses full of all goods which you did not fill. Dug out, hewn out wells. Big deal which you did not dig, vineyards, olive trees, which you did not plant. And when you have eaten and are full, right? Remember, remember the Lord, your God. Remember, don't forget who gave you that house. Don't forget who gave you that job when you're whining about your boss. The food on your table. Come on. Well, I'm not getting steak every day. Come on, church. Let's be thankful. Jesus already went down. He used what the enemy did to him to get the victory over him. And he came up victorious. By the way, that word pulled down in the Greek, it means demolition. Violently lower, pull or cast down to destroy. It is time to pull it down. Pull it down. Whatever strongholds in your mind, in your home, in your family, in your business, in your money, in your marriage, in your in your health, whatever it is, let's pull down strongholds. 
He's given you authority to do it in Jesus' power. I don't, I don't know if you've been watching that, that, that series, Chosen. Wow. What moved me, got me thinking again, is when he sent the 12 out without him. And he said, I'm going to send you out, and I want you to cast out devils and heal the sick. And they're like, that's your job. We see you do it, but we, we've never done such a thing. He said, I gave you the authority. And without, without any seminars, they didn't have to go to spiritual warfare school. They just went out. He said, and, and, I, and I, like, I like how the show depicted it because they had their doubts. They're like, wow. And they laid hands on people, and all of a sudden, he's walking. This, one's, this one can see. They, they laid their hands on someone, and a devil comes out. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. And they looked at each other, and they said, well, didn't he give us the authority? Listen, there's a difference between power and authority. He said he gave us the authority. And that's what you got to get by faith. It's not just about trying to get power to do things. It's to understand first you have authority over the demons. You have authority over these things. And we speak over these things in the name of Jesus. And boy, they came back changed. He did the same thing to the 70. And we talked about that, that that was the transference of anointing from the Sanhedrin 70 to the church 70. And Jesus said in Matthew, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. I, I, that was his last words to us. I, here it is. Take it. And it's happening all over the world except America. That's because we're dependent on everything else, and we need to get more dependent on God. Amen. Come on, I'm preaching to myself. we got to do it. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Wow. What an awesome God. What an awesome God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe we could pull some things down this morning? <laughs> Pulling down strongholds. Tearing down stinking thinking. Pulling down areas in your mind especially. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. And it's just these old thought patterns that keep getting us in trouble. Old thought patterns that keep us depressed. Old thought patterns won't let us sleep at night. Old thought patterns that it's almost impossible to forgive that guy. Old thought patterns. The brain loves the comfort zones of those, and it just stays there until you start something new. And build on that. Spend time on that. Meditate on that until it becomes your stronghold. And the brain says, the, your brain finally says, well, I guess he means it. I guess he's serious about this. I guess we're not going to live this way anymore. I guess we're going over here. And then your brain will reinforce 
the new place in God. 